Hi, welcome to Your Life, Your Way, a podcast series where TMU students and faculty members sharing their experience studying, working, and living in Taiwan. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone. It's time for another podcast brought to you by TMU Taipei Medical University. Your life, your way. And my name is Joseph Lin. Today, we're going to be talking about something that can be put into practical use. How do we translate academics into commercialization? Today on the show, we have invited from MTAM Tech, which stands for Microtube Array Membrane Tech, the co-founder and general manager of MTAM Tech, Nigel Chu. Hello, hello. Hello. Nice to meet you. Nice to again. see you again. Yeah, actually. I see you again. Yeah, he's been yeah. on podcasts. Uh, yeah. And also, you brought your colleague right here. He is part of the R&D and engineering of MTAM Tech. It is Vincent. Vincent Chen. Hello. Hi. Hi, I'm Vincent. Hello. Glad to have you here along with Nigel. Yeah. We're going to be talking about a lot of things that I think uh, normal people like me could probably understand because we're talking about commercialization of research, of academics. Yeah. And what you guys do is a spinoff. And we're yeah. going to learn more about spinoffs, not just movie and TV show spinoffs. <laughs> we're talking about actual company spinoffs here. Okay. Introduce yourselves again one more time. How about yeah. we start with uh, Nigel? Hi, my name is Nigel. I'm a uh, former student of uh, Taipei Medical University. I graduated a year ago from a PhD degree in biomedical engineering and actually joined this startup since the year 2016. Uh, mainly, this, as Joseph mentioned, this company is called, uh, we are, our entire technology is based on what we like to call MTM or microtip array membrane. Mm-hmm. And we are using it for anti-cancer drug screening, for mm-hmm. personalized medicine and drug screening solutions. Yes. Yeah. Which is a subject we talked about extensively last time you were yeah, here. Exactly. Um, and, and you know, this particular uh, medical research is so important to the world. You know, when you mentioned anti-cancer, I'm sure a lot of people's ears have opened up because we uh, either know someone or a family member is part of, uh, you know, a victim of, of cancer. And so this this means a lot to a lot of people. I would say. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, what our tech normally does is that we will like to help patients screen the most effective uh, drug combinations before it's being administered on them. As we all know, a lot of anti-cancer drugs actually carries some degree of uh, side effects along with the therapeutic effects of, of it. Absolutely. So we like to screen it on uh, mice before we actually use it on patients. So mm. the patients actually got excluded or they do not suffer from those side effects. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Vincent, you're part of the research and development and engineering department. Yes. Yes. How long you've been with MTAM Tech and tell us about yourself. Yes, I'm being maintained. It's around the uh, one years. Okay, and I also graduate from TNU. Ah. yeah, yeah, yes. And when I was student, I'm working under the WHO consultant Terry uh-huh. Bluff. Okay, and, and I focus on the product. Okay, like the human platelet lysate. Ah, the HPL. Yes. yes, and some the stem cell therapy. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. these are all very advanced uh, areas that people talk about. You hear people talk about a lot. Yeah. So you're you're uh, already familiar uh, with some of the things that MTAM Tech do yeah. when you were a student here at TMU. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So Vincent, uh, you're in the research and development and engineering department. What are the differences between these two? I mean, we know about research and development for science and engineering. Like myself, I'm an electrical engineering major when I was in college, and we actually build stuff. Is that what you guys do? 
And yes, uh, the engineering is quite like the to development the product uh-huh. from the basic research to the clinical. Okay, so it's kind of a, a continuation and to materialize uh, research and development, basically. That's, yeah, that's I, I probably have something to add on that okay. uh, to, to what Vincent just mentioned earlier. Yeah. In the traditional sense, it's basically, you're right, as what Joseph mentioned earlier, uh, what we basically do here is we're trying to take our basic science in the medical field because we are from medical university Mm -hmm. and we are trying to use these to commercialize it or develop it into products Mm. to fulfill the requirements of uh, stakeholders and stakeholders here being doctors Mm. or patients alike. Mm. And of course, there's a vast difference between uh, electric, like E&E field and also medical field in the sense that our product timeline is significantly longer because we're looking at a timeline of about five years and and above because you Mm. have FDA in Taiwan, mm. in the States, you probably got US, US FDA, and so on. Mm. Yeah, uh, it is uh, great what you guys are doing. Again, putting into real practical use into practice. The spin-off company is called MTAM Tech. Let's define spin-off again. I mean, how does that happen in a, an academic, you know, commercialized situation? I mean, we all know what spin-offs is when it comes to TV shows <laughs> and movies. Like yeah. Logan is a spin-off from X Men. Yeah, and I don't yeah. know if you guys watched Friends before, but that TV yeah. show series. Had, it is a good. It's, it's a good TV show, yeah. right? It's a sitcom, and there was a spin-off called Joey. Yes. Based on one of the characters in in, in that uh, TV series, but what about what about you guys? Okay, uh, a spin-off. Uh, by definition, a spin-off in in a traditional sense is basically whatever new technologies that that's being developed by an uh, R and D mm. entity. In this case, Taipei Medical University, mm-hmm. and after that has been patented or the or been issued patent ownership. Mm-hmm. What we do is basically we try and license this technology from the patent owners, mm-hmm. either direct as a licensee or direct uh, direct breakaway from the. Patent original patent owners mm-hmm. being we buy 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 it off, and from there we try to set up a new company, mm-hmm. a new company where this new companies will be the new patent holder, uh, patent holder or license will be the licensee in this case. Mm. And in Taiwan, it's a bit different in the sense that the startup landscape is very interesting or attractive in the sense that the government and various stakeholders along the value chain actually in- invested significantly in terms of uh, incubators, uh, accelerators, mm. and so on, where they try and help startups in Taiwan yes. that's based on technology owned by, in this case, Taipei Medical News University yes. to be brought into the next stage onwards. And hopefully, in the long term, this actually develops as a new pillar of economy for the Taiwanese government. Mm. Yeah, just it's basically just like what the Taiwanese government did back in the 1970s, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. were very focused on uh, ICT, uh, sorry, microchips. Yes. And they're trying to do the same thing for biotech in this new era. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, it's always uh, cool to hear when governments are uh, helping out, you know, yeah. uh, research and development institutions to branch out and again to put into real use uh, yeah. the academic institution should continue to do research and do what they do best there but then that's where that spin-off comes in place it kind of is the bridge between academics and again commercial use yeah correct correct I mean, that, that's what its purpose is for yeah, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk more about you know how much help you guys get yeah on a um, but at the same time, I understand by having a spinoff, this also helps the university uh, to do more and better research. How does that work? Well, it is basically a win-win situation. I mean, uh, for most uh, 
universities in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking in, on a global sense now. Basically, what majority of the famous universities do is basically they actually license out or they sub-license out their patent or their rights in exchange for royalties. Mm-hmm. Those, those are in a very traditional manner. And for this, in the aspect of uh, spin-off, what we do is that once you license it out, part of the ownership of this new spin-off company actually be, belongs to the university. Mm-hmm. And in Taiwan, we have something what we like to call uh, industry academia collaboration. Okay. Basically, is where the industry, in this case, mm-hmm. the spin-off, mm. will try and will contribute part of the earnings back into the university mm-hmm. to fund actually future product developments. And I guess researchers at the university can now have real-time, real data uh, from the installation of some of your projects in, like you know, in the real world, right? Well, uh, to a certain extent, yes. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's the direct real life data. Okay. What we have is that we actually, what the university researchers will have is that they will have a very good overview of the actual clinical needs and the clinical situation that's on the ground now. I Meaning, you say traditionally, what happens is that what researchers do, they do. They're strictly focused on their research only. Mm. They do not know the actual requirements or the actual demands or the needs of patients and doctors in this case. Mm-hmm. But with this spin-off, you're actually forming a bridge directly from the research, basically what I call bench to product, mm. the entire value chain. Mm. May I ask Nigel uh, a question that I'm very curious about? I mean, from a spin-off, you would generate revenue. Yeah. So where does that revenue go to then? Well, uh, a large portion of it will have to be fed back to those uh, original investors because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, biomedical field takes about five years to have your own uh, first product out because of the mm-hmm. FDA requirements, safety, efficacy, and so on. Mm-hmm. And throughout this duration, the, the company actually do not earn any money. There's no income. What mm-hmm. happens is the entire operation and the cost of this uh, attributed to this duration is actually funded by investors I or see. venture capitalists. We, we basically divide it into, we have uh, angel investors, okay. we have seed investment, mm-hmm. we have venture capitalists. And the, I'm, I'm referring to them in, in the order of the maturity. So meaning say mm-hmm. for smaller amounts or proof of concepts you're going for angels investment mm. actually the government did do sponsor some degree of uh, funds mm-hmm. uh, in the form of uh, projects or grants something like, like you can buy MOST mm-hmm. uh, or Ministry of Science and Technology through various programs such as you have uh, Mongya and so on and Taipei Medical University itself uh, herself actually did do, do have some forms of sponsorship also to actually fund or develop these products uh, mm. in form of like Sengken. Sengken is a bit of a combination of government and, and university. Okay. And we have also our internal Spark programs, which have been very helpful in the development of proof of concept. Right, right. Yeah. right. So, I mean, there's a chain of people there to, to feed, of course. But yeah. uh, at the same time, I would presume that uh, uh, some of the revenue could go back and to do other research as well for the uh, university. Well, uh it depends uh, because, like I mentioned earlier, part of the ownership of the uh, spin-off actually belongs to the university and what the university actually gains from this sense, I mean, talking on a very general term here, mm-hmm. uh, what they what they usually gains are in storm of dividends. Basically, they are just stockholders, whatever dividends are declared. And it's funneled back to the university and the university can actually use these grants of these funds to actually distribute for the next year's funding for their Spark programs in the case of TMU gotcha. and so on. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. I think we're going to be talking about the Spark program a little bit more in, yeah. a, in a few minutes. Well, let's come back to Vincent right here and ask him uh, what kind of differences uh, are you facing uh, with what you do now at a spinoff versus while you were still in school at TMU? 
Okay, and then actually, I'm not uh, my first job is not the RMD. Oh, it's a researcher assistant at the NTU hospital. Ah, oh, I see. Yeah, it's the doing like a animal experiment. I see. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But uh, after one years, mm-hmm. I found the animal experiment it uh, not suitable for me mm-hmm. because I had to the sacrifice the animal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't like to see that too much. Yes. Okay, yes. but it's all for the better good for the human being, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Yes. So after that, I go to enjoying the, the MTN tech. Yeah. Yes. And I found uh, when I was the researcher's uh, assistant, I just uh, focus on the basic research. Mm. Yes. And uh, uh, follow my post <laughs> and don't think uh, too much. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. Just follow yeah. orders and, and yeah, do yeah, what yeah. you do best. Uh, now I'm an engineer. Mm-hmm. I have to better management on my study and uh, fulfill the a requirement for patient. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. So you're you're more uh, well-rounded now with what you do. And I'm sure you have matured a lot and, and grown so much in not just academics, but uh, in how you deal with research and, and people around you as well. So good job. Continue on. Yes. All right, Vincent. Um, well, let's go back to Nigel. You were talking about something called Spark, and I read about that too. Yeah. What is Spark exactly? Well, uh, to put it on a very generalized definition, Spark is basically the initial funding, the very initial funding available at TMU level, okay. Taipei Medical University, mm-hmm. that's being funded uh, for use in funding uh, proof of concepts ah, POCs for, for whatever, yeah, POCs for yeah. whatever technologies that is based, that it will eventually be developed throughout the various stages. Mm-hmm. Now, Spark is just the very first program. As the project matures or the technology matures over the stages, various stages over the years, you'll be looking for more and more grants. The next step, you're probably looking for things like uh, Gloria, TMU okay. Gloria by the BD uh, bio business development uh, and commercialization department in Taipei Medical University. I see. From there, you can once you have you pass that level, your company would have at least have the basic requirements to actually go out. Uh, I I yeah to actually seek more mature fundings that is on that's such as private fundings like on the angel level. Uh-huh. Okay, angel uh-huh. level. These are these are actually private investors, and right. to find these private investors, you probably need to know some bankers on a. Yeah, on a private level. From there, you're going to move on to seed level, then to pre-A funding stage, B, C, and so on. All right. Now, why, why there are so many rounds of funding in the biotech field is basically because we burn a lot of money mm. in the clinical trials, mm. especially in the cases of multi-site clinical trials. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In this case, you're talking about uh, at least a couple of million just for one single site. And a single site is by definition probably in one country, a number of hospitals. Mm. That's about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, for take, take, take for example one of the uh, vaccines that's used they are tested on multi-sites in this case you will have a lot of uh, costs associated with this and in what the overview of the funding I gave you earlier is very traditional mm-hmm. and in most cases what they do is that in addition to this they try and collaborate with local distributors or local future distributors okay to actually fund these local trial sites. Right. Yeah. From that, it actually brings down the overall costs. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have for there an existing mm. uh, distribution chain that's available and just wait, waiting for your approval. Right. Yeah. It's amazing how last time when we had Nigel on the show, we were talking a lot about the academics and yeah. I didn't think you would have too much, you know, background business or business background rather. <laughs> Uh, but now you're talking all business now. I mean, because of this, you had to learn a lot here. Well, or you uh, get a lot of support from people around you or, or governments. Well, uh, I did bring some degree of experience from my previous work before I joined my postgraduate study. Right. Yeah. 
You actually worked for a commercialized company before. Yes, uh, right? U.S. Chip Titan. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, for APEC marketing. I brought some degree of experience here. Okay. Then the majority of experience developed for the biotech or biomedical fields, basically uh, an extension of what I learned over the years. Yes. I, you have to modify it from... Um, E&E industry all the way to biotech in terms of the product development duration, mm-hmm. the pipeline, mm-hmm. speed, and so on. And for the biotech side or biomedical side, I learned a lot from the local uh, incubators or accelerators that's actually partly funded by the Taiwanese government in mm. collaboration with uh, majority for the past one, two years, mainly US. But before that, we also have uh, other countries that have been on broad. I mm. uh, can give you some examples. For example, we can talk about uh, B2MC, uh, Bridge to Mass Challenge. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a joint between uh, the Taiwanese government and the US uh, entity mm. there. Mm. And you have Mass Challenge in Boston by itself. You have uh, Bio USA. Bio USA is an event by in US itself, but we actually been been very happy to and grateful that we are able to participate in this in the year twenty back in 2018, 2019. Okay. Yeah. So many majority of this actually goes through the government uh, various uh, I would say government programs yeah. or, or government affiliated agency programs. We have things like uh, DTA. Mm. You have things like TTA. You have uh, Phoenix Project. That was back in the couple of years back. Phoenix mm. Project. All all this. This is just 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 the tip of the iceberg. And this yes. rep- and you have various uh, channels that actually brings you from the local landscape mm-hmm. in Taiwan mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. regional and ultimately to a global landscape. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So you basically kind of describe the difference between uh, academic and uh, commercial exhibitions. Some of to a certain degree, right? yes, certain degree, yes. Explain that. Yeah. Um, I understand you guys have a few colleagues that have been overseas abroad yeah. to attend these exhibitions. Um, so how about you, Vincent? I mean, you experienced the difference between academic and commercialized exhibitions. Tell us about what you think. Oh yes, uh, at the commercialization. Even if uh, we are focused on the promote for our products, yes. But for the academic base, mm-hmm. even, uh, it's like uh, you need to spend uh, 30% of your time to present your topic, your research. Okay. And more than time, like uh, 70%, is for to, to find a new idea mm-hmm. to promote the scientific development. Okay. On the commercialization part, mm. uh, we just focus on our own product. Of course, yeah. But for the academic, it's like uh, you need to spend uh, like thirty percent time mm-hmm. for present your topic uh-huh. and your research. Yes. And uh, another seventeen percent, you need to find a new idea uh-huh. for promote the scientific uh, development. Right. Obviously, but now that you have this experience with uh, more commercialized conferences and whatnot. Any any experience that you'd like to share? Any anything that m- may be worth sh- uh, talking about that that you went through? Um, well, I I think that's an example that he can. Uh, Vince, sorry, I need to interrupt here. Yeah, no yeah. problem. So I think that's an example that Vincent actually participated in one event uh, held by the new Taipei City government. Uh, I think, if I recall correctly, it was in, during Christmas Eve uh, two years back. Okay. Yeah, it was 2022. Yeah, two years back. Yeah. Yeah, so actually I brought him there. It was his one of his first uh, part, first time participating in this commercialization right. events. Right. Uh, in that particular event, uh, what happened was that you actually have the government. In that case, it was Taipei City government. Uh, and also you have a lot of mature companies like Far Eastern, if I recall correctly, it was Far Eastern back okay. then. Yeah, Far Eastern uh, yeah. cement or something like that. Yeah, I remember that. That you have a very 
Love for de- delicious food, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 was one event that's excellent buffet. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but actually, in, in addition to the excellent food, uh, first of all, I need to I need to declare this is a it was a fantastic event. The, the buffet was excellent. Okay, it was <laughs> I, Christmas time, you said. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it was it was held at Caesar Park, uh, Caesar Park, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. in Panchao, yeah, Panchao yeah. area. Yeah. So uh, that event, in addition, we have those matured companies, and also we have those uh, other stakeholders like uh, most those those are which are the commercialized companies in in the case. And mm. one example is that uh, I think probably can mention is that we actually met somebody working on uh, earpieces okay earpieces right. sounds like a very traditional saturated market but no he actually found uh, a segment a particular segment which he can position his products uh-huh. being you say uh, most earpieces is either they amplify all the all the surrounding voices uh-huh. becomes very loud but his right. is, is uh, you have selective amplification I see yeah so based on the patient's uh, Weak frequency. I like to put uh-huh, it this way. Uh-huh, Basically, uh-huh. when you have ear problems, yeah. what happens is that certain frequencies you can't really hear it right. very clearly, and that that product will amplify only that particular segment of the, selective frequencies. Yeah, selective of, frequency. Of sounds, right. Okay. Yeah, and Vincent was there. There you go. Yeah, he was there, and we actually <laughs> we actually found a lot of collaborative section on these potential projects. Perhaps he'd like to have his input on what he feels about the event. In addition to the yeah. buffet. <laughs> Memories about coming back now, Vincent? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's my first time to join that the meeting. Mm-hmm. Yes. That uh, feel my I'm a baby, you know, <laughs> that Shang <laughs> <laughs> So you probably focused on a lot of, on the eating part. <laughs> yes, <laughs> probably, right? yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> but you've grown so much and uh, now you can talk about it. So Vincent, keep it up and maybe you can share more experiences in the future with us too. Yes, thank yeah. you. Like I mentioned earlier, we actually participated significantly uh for example back in 2018 uh, 2018-2019 mm-hmm. we actually one of the final finalist teams from Taiwan the top 10 teams to actually go uh, participate that was invited to participate in the Bridge to Mass Challenge program uh, in the States mm-hmm. and because we have been pre-screened or pre-selected in Taiwan yeah. what happens is you actually join the uh, semi-finalist you directly enter as a semi-finalist there and from there, you can actually go on and actually, in my opinion, this is what I feel about this commercialization of events or marketing events is that they're not there to compete for, for an award. That's not the main focus. Ah. I mean, on the surface, it looks like you're trying to win an award and gain some money. <laughs> but the real purpose of all these commercialization events is for you to network, yes. build your network, build your support support behind the scene, uh-huh. which you actually will be using and cashing in on them as a distributors or potential collaborators in the future. That is the true purpose of it. And on top of that, you will also need to talk to and get uh, engage a lot of key opinion leaders, what we like to call KOLs in the field. Oh, right. Yeah. So these KOLs are actually uh, authority figures in the sense, for example, if you're doing uh, breast cancer, you, you, you have these uh, expert doctors in mm. this field that specialize in so on. They're, these are very famous people and mm. to engage them is not easy because you need to be in and on the ground. You need the boots on the ground to actually go and promote to actually go engage, talk to them, promote mm. technology. And mm-hmm. the very first requirement they will look into is the science of it. Mm-hmm. Because they're talking, you're going, they are going to use your products on humans. We are talking lives, saving lives here. So mm. you need brutes of the ground that prove the science actually works. Yes. And before KOLs actually participate, they would like to see a lot of local evidence. Yes. And what I say by local evidence is that even if your product has been approved uh, for you for clinical use in Taiwan, mm. you need to repeat the clinical trial mm. to a certain extent, mm. be it smaller mm. uh, and faster. 
for example, in the case of states, you need to do that in the states again. Right. They need to see clean uh, local data right. to validate it, your findings. It's a very meticulous process, obviously. And, cost, and you can't just cost. rely on a, a leap of faith from exactly. investors you know, exactly. thinking that everything will be all right. So yeah. um, there's a lot of challenges in that for sure. Yes. Um, where is the spinoff company at right now for MTAM Tech? Well, MTEM Tech, we are currently at the pre-A stage or in terms of funding, and we'll be looking into, into entering the U.S. market. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we'll be engaging KOLs for mm. cancers, especially lung, breast, and liver cancers in the States, focusing in uh, Boston area first. Okay. Okay. Boston area first in the year, probably late, late this year. Yeah. From there, we're going to start off with uh, clinical trials. Uh, local clinical trials together and validate the data which have collected back in Taiwan uh, over the years and so on. Mm. And of course, it's very important to have a very uh, local stakeholders or local players because they know the field. They are the boots on the ground. They are the distributors. They know the channels. They know the, the way things are done. It differs in between countries and so on. Mm. Yeah. How did this Boston connection come about then? Well, uh, it actually through multiple uh, incubator and accelerator events which we participated over the years. Okay. And some of that actually like BioUSA, we actually oh. <laughs> we actually had one of the highest uh, meeting engagement at, in that year itself. Oh. Yeah. Well, so good. my my boss back then, back then it was my boss who, the Professor Chen whom, uh, Jack Chen who went there oh. and it was Meetings back to back for four four continuous days. I see. Yeah. All right. Well, well good job. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, finally, I think a lot of people who are listening might be very interested to know what challenges there are to you know do a spinoff, and maybe you guys can give some advice to students who are interested in doing spinoffs. Yeah. Uh, to start off a spinoff or the or or to become a founder or co-founder of a spinoff company, yeah, it's not an easy process. It's mm-hmm. a very long and arduous process. Uh, but it's a very meaningful one, mm-hmm. provided you're doing what you like or what you believe in. And of course, as, as similar to my first podcast, I'll probably be, my, the advice I'll give to future students who like to walk this path is that mm. never forget your roots. Whatever mm. you do, do it for the sake of helping patients. Yeah, That's your first priority. Mm-hmm. Okay, The money will come with it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. The money is secondary, but it will come along with it. Mm. As long as you pursue your passion, mm. It, it comes naturally. Yes, 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 indeed. And remember, you know, money is the root of evil. Yeah, so exactly. Don't let that, uh, you know, <laughs> sidetrack you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do not let it cloud your, your but judgment. it is necessary to do better research and development exactly. in engineering, like what Vincent is doing right yes, here, too. Yes, yes. So keep it up, and I hope everyone gained a little bit by listening to today's podcast. Again, brought to you by TMU. It's Your Life, Your Way. We were just talking to Vincent Chen, who is with the R&D and Engineering for MTAM Tech, and, of course, our general manager, Nigel Chu for MTAM Tech. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much for your time. All right, and thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. Your Life, Your Way is brought to you by Taipei Medical University. To get more content sent directly to your device, you can subscribe to our program on iTunes or Spotify. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.